to the Boneyard Podcast. This is Artemis Brower along with Jared Chaffet. And today we are bringing you episode 14 of Hoody-hoo! this here Boneyard Podcast. Jared, how are we feeling today, man? Man, I am feeling fantastic other than the fact that I have to watch my, uh, my mother-in-law's dogs this week all alone. <laughs> I'm feeling great, man. Well, it's not that bad. Uh, no, what kind of dog she got? She's got a Aussie Doodle... That's about a year old. So I have no idea what that is. So like an Australian Shepherd mixed with a poodle. So ton interesting. Of, ton of energy. Interesting. With a seven or eight month old full blooded husky. Mm-hmm. So uh, once again, ton of energy. Husky's badass. I like that. And then you've got me and then my dog, our eight year old Schnauzer <laughs> Doodle, which is just adorable, by the way. You've got the two of us that are going to be staying there. Wife's out of town all week. Mother-in-law's not going to be there. Brother-in-law's not going to be there. It's just me and Belle, so our dog, mm-hmm. watching these two dogs, Violet and Aurora, watching these two dogs who have tons of energy while neither of us, like the only time I have energy is when I'm talking ECU sports, baby. And <laughs> I'm not talking ECU sports with those two dogs. So, yeah, there's a, it's going to be an interesting week. Um, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I have to say that for the, for the people listening at home, but... For those of you that have now tuned out, tuned out after I've said that, right? Yeah, it's like it's, ah, it's probably not going to be that I'm much. I don't know if I'm listening. But Artie, how are you? I'm good, man. Another 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 good week behind me. I feel good. Outside of the fact I woke up this morning with a little bit of a rumble, a t- a rumble, tummy tumble in my in my stomach. But you know, we will we will push through. We will make it. I will be okay. Um, excited about this episode. Um, a little bit of a. a, a I guess sad, not sad, but you know, it, it, I'm, I'm looking for the word to say, guys. Guys, as, as you've probably seen on social media, we're we're having an episode today. It's going to be a little bit different. We had the some of the ECU swim and dive mm-hmm. alumni, um, Coach Kate Gordon, on on the podcast, along with two current ECU swimmers. I use the quotation marks around current, even though you can't see that, um, since they're kind of in limbo with. Where they are as are they are they going to stay at ECU and um, finish up their college career or are mm-hmm. they going to go on to another swimming and diving program and follow their dream of being a collegiate and hopefully one day professional swimming and diving um, pro so athlete so um, it's it's going to be a little bit different guys so bear with us um, yep. and basically the whole point was just to give them a forum just to yep. be able to let them speak. And, 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 you know, give out all their grievances and, and talk about the university. And it was, it was a very educated conversation for me. You know, I, I sat back and just, and just listened pretty much for the, for the entire conversation um, because I just wanted to hear from them and get their perspective on the, how they felt. The one thing that I would have to say about the interview, um, once b- before we get into it, for those of you listening, whether you're driving, you're um, working – at home or working at your office and you're just listening to the podcast um, to help you get through the day. When we were talking to these five people, um, we, we had, like I said, two current ECU swim and divers. And then we also had um, three former, so three alumni on, including one being a coach. Um, when, we, when we were talking to them, it was... It was very you could, you could see the emotion mm-hmm. in in the athletes and the alumni's expressions. You you could see that you could feel how personal this was. I mean, and be, it, being from afar, kind of learning about this news and being from afar and just talking about it to talking about the things that are reported by the university. You haven't felt that personal connection now that we've actually talked to them and seen them and looked at looked into their eyes and talked to them um, one-on-one or two-on-five or just seven people talking, you will see that or you'll hear that like that that connection between all of it and just how hard it must be on all of those, um, those I believe it's 68 mm-hmm. coaches and student athletes that have had their livelihoods Flipped upside down. And every single one of them are absolutely working their ass off right now. They are foot soldiers right now, just working. But you could still see the shell shock, you know, in, in their face that 
we can't believe that we that we even have to do this, you know. Yeah. And that's yeah. what really took me aback. Yeah, that that was um that was one of the hardest interviews that I've ever done and I've, I've done several hard interviews, but this one is probably the hardest that I've ever had to do is talking to these these student athletes that they have no idea what is next in their in their mm-hmm. life. And I know we're kind of in this time of turmoil in all of the world, but um, I'll, I'll say that looking at it from a from a former student as an alumni, every summer when I was in school, I knew one thing. In August, I was going to go back to Greenville and I was going to go back to ECU. I was going to have that. Mm-hmm. Well, these students, these and that's what they are. They're students. They're students, they're right. students before they're athletes. Mm-hmm. That's what student athlete. These students are having to make a decision whether they want to go back to that university. Mm-hmm. If they want to go back to just go back and be a regular student and not be a student athlete. And that, that's got to be a tough decision to make when you're 20, when you're 19, when you're, when you're not. And, and, and just a few months ago, you had no idea that you were going to have to make this decision. Everything just a few was months ago, smooth. You, just a few months know. ago, you were swimming for the school. Exactly. I mean, just six months ago, they were, I believe their season started uh, in November. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm not fully sure, but yeah. I mean, I think that's when the season is, or, uh, it's around that time frame. Right. And so, I mean, you look at it, I mean, you, you were swimming for this school just a few short months ago. And now that program's no longer a thing. Right. Um, so I, I've got to say, guys, that... This interview, it was tough, but I, I ask that you all stick Absolutely through, listen. Mm-hmm. listen. Um, it's a lot of interesting, a lot of interesting um, responses, yep. and, and you definitely want to listen and, and hear to what these guys have to say. Yeah, because it, it'll it'll give you a kind of a reality check real quick when you, when you start talking about um, ECU athletics and, and the state of the program, um, but already. Anything else going on in, in the world of ECU sports? Well, you know, in, in lighter news, yeah. um, we had a guy by the name of Alec Burleson. Burley! Go 70th overall to the St. Louis dude. Cardinals. He, he, Jared, man. I know you are super excited about this. You're the, you're, you're the baseball guy, so I'm going to defer to you so, on this topic. How do you feel about Alec Burleson going 70th overall? Do you think he went at the right spot, or he should have gone a little bit sooner, a little later? So... My, my my take on Alec Burleson, my, I, I love Alec Burleson. Burley is, I mean, the guy, he's got ice in his veins. He can do everything. Um, he's a smart kid. He was an academic All-American, like literally named an academic All-American the same day he was drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to say, Burley, top-notch dude. Um, I would say that's a right around the time right around the area that I thought he would be going in. Um, I wish he would have gone a little bit higher, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to sulk at, at the fourth highest draft in ECU history. In ECU history. Yeah. That's, and I mean, one of, one of we've those, had some studs come out of East Carolina. One, yeah. One of so. those is a top 10 pick yeah. overall. So, I mean, to be, to go 70th overall, that that's big time. Um, you got, you got to just say like, Burleson, when he was coming into ECU, he wasn't a, he wasn't your like, oh yeah, this guy's going to be the next great thing. Mm-hmm. But in the last two or three years, we've seen a shift in um in baseball with the Shohei Otani's, some of these other guys coming in, these utility guys, and that's what that's what Coach Cliff Godwin, um, I mean that that's what he he's all about is being two way you. He wants to be able to go out there. And point to the center fielder and say, "Hey, come get these two guys out, and then go back out to center field and, and finish playing your position." Yeah, he wants to be able to do that, and he he molded guys to be able to do that. You've got Alec Burleson, dude can play left field, play first base, guy can pitch, he can also rate. I mean, talking, I was looking at his stats. I mean, the guy's got like a hundred and like fifteen hundred twenty hits, mm-hmm. and just three. Seasons and one of those was cut short. One was cut short. It wasn't even fifteen games, twenty games, and he's got one hundred and fifteen hits. You're looking at somebody that I mean, 
if he would have stayed all four years, mm-hmm. he's not coming back. We all know that. Yeah. He, he's already pretty much said that. But if he would have been able to stay all four years, you're looking at somebody that's setting career numbers or setting records for career statistics at ECU in pretty much every category other than home runs. He, he's not gonna he's not gonna blow you away with his power, mm-hmm. but he's gonna hit it gap to gap, and he's gonna he's gonna hustle in for a double or triple. Um, guy, guy knows what he's doing. He's out there, and he has a good time while he's out there. And he's no doubt one of the great you know pirate baseball players ever. And you know another interesting tidbit: he joins uh, fellow ECU pitcher Evan Krusinski and Chris Hoba that have played in the Cardinals organization. Yep, so that's three pirates now that have played. Uh, or had some some experience with the Cardinals. I know they just labeled him as a first baseman outfielder. So how do you think he's going to fit into that Cardinals or- organization? So, um, just taking a step back, Evan Krasinski, friend of the podcast. Absolutely, he, shout out Evan. He's uh, he's been on. Maybe maybe we'll have to get him on with uh, Chris Holba and and Alec Burleson um, mm-hmm. to to maybe have a Cardinals roundtable. That'd be a fun uh, at, fun interview. As a as a Braves fan, I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of the Cardinals, but um, I, I'm proud of these guys. I, I think that it sh- goes to show, um, I, and I'll get I'll get back to your question here in a second. But it goes to show that certain scouts are seeing how Cliff Godwin develops his players, mm-hmm. and they know that within their organization, they can also develop those players, kind of morphing them and taking what Cliff Godwin has done and morphing them into professionals. Mm-hmm. Cliff Godwin has made them a professional in a college standpoint, from a college standpoint, but taking them and saying, okay, you're now a major league baseball player or a minor league baseball player and getting them to work on those things that they need to work on and refine those talents because the talent's already there. So um, kudos to the, kudos to the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, I wish that all those guys were on the Braves, but <laughs> I, I I'm not gonna hate on them. The only person I'm gonna hate on the Cardinals is Yachty and freaking uh, Jack Flaherty. Yachty, yeah. Um. So, but with all with all that being said, I th- I think I I see Burleson probably he he's probably gonna play more as a outfielder. Mm-hmm. Um. As a first baseman, also, I mean, he's he's like I said, he's not gonna. Um, usually, your first baseman is somebody that is the slow guy that doesn't really have much power. That's why I played, but that's <laughs> he. They have more power. That's why I played but first. A little, little slower, a little less athletic. Yeah, and I mean, it, usually that first base slot is reserved for somebody that has played the game. Mm-hmm. Um, look at Buster Posey, Joe Mauer, those guys that played the game. As a catcher, and your they, veterans don't legs, feel like running. Their legs couldn't take it anymore, <laughs> so they they transitioned over to first. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec Burleson, I see him probably coming in as a right fielder, somebody that's got a freaking hose of an arm. He's got a cannon. Right. Um, he can throw. He can gun somebody out coming um, second to home or trying to tag up on a pop fly to the outfield. Um, so I, I could see him maybe. Playing as a right fielder, um, especially in that NL Central, um, I, I don't see him being used as much as a pitcher. But I know that with his mindset, he's going to be more willing. He's going to be willing to say, "Hey, coach, you need me? I'll go get you three. I, I can go get you three any given night. Mm-hmm. I can go out and strike out the side and, and come back in. And I'll be good. Put me in the outfield." So. Um, yeah, Burleson, he's he's going to be a good fit for um, for for the Cardinals for that organization, and, and it's really cool to see all of these ECU guys finally making their making their way um, to professional baseball. Yeah, and I mean, I, I was just going to add, you know, just from one part alumni to another, super super excited for Alec Burleson. Happy, super happy for him. Um, saw that he also got a nine hundred and six thousand dollars signing bonus. So, uh, you know. Not too shabby. Drinks on Alec at uh, Sup Dogs when he comes back. <laughs> Alec, uh, we'll, we'll be hitting you up. Um, but also, since we're, since we're on the topic of conversation of mm-hmm. the um, MLB draft, uh, I wanted to kind of also talk about some of the other things that happened in the draft. So, um, I don't know if y'all saw Keon Moreno 
Guy is a pitcher. I believe he's a right-handed pitcher out of um, Raleigh, I think, Panther Creek High School. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, dude's a stud. I mean, you, you look at it, if you're in high school and you're getting taken in the first five rounds, especially when there's only five rounds, um, you got to be a stud, especially coming out of high school. Um, I, I saw that he's going he's gonna to go to the Cubs, um, but – it, it would have been nice to have gotten him into ECU and seen him put on the purple and gold. Mm-hmm. Um, he, like I said, he went fifth round to the Cubs. I'm not exactly sure what spot or what the what the slot value was, but um, with that also being said, Gavin Williams, ECU pitcher, um, he, I thought I thought he was going to go higher than Burley. But when he when he didn't hear his name called at, I mean I, I wasn't as surprised. But I, I thought if either of them weren't were going to go undrafted, I thought Burleson was going to be the one that went undrafted, especially with the shortened draft. I mean usually you have forty some rounds in an MLB draft, but right now you've only got five. Mm-hmm. So um, see, seeing that, I was kind of surprised. But he's going to come back. He's going to be uh he's going to be a star. Probably going to be the Friday night starter. Next year, um, with uh, Smith and Kuchmaner, mm-hmm. that's going to be a that's going to be a hell of a rotation weekend rotation. And um, there were some other prospects that were expected to get drafted if the whole thing was longer. But if the draft was longer, but they're going to come back into ECU. And so, yeah, we lose Burleson, we lose uh, Keon Moreno, but it. Our program is still growing. We're still on a good side. We're still on a good trajectory. And Omaha 2021. That's really not out of the realm of possibility. No, not it's at all. It's really not. Not at all. <laughs> no. These kids um, and the program that Coach Godwin has put together, that's uh, that's going to be a major point going forward. And we're not going to stop till we get to till we get to Omaha. And we, we've got the team to do it. Yeah, um, we've got the team, we've got the talent, we've got the coaching staff, we've got the support to get to Omaha, so that way we can retire number twenty-three. But kind of switching gears a little bit, um, I saw this week on Twitter, we had a Twitter question, and it was ECU doesn't have any statues, right, of any athletic yep. figure, um, and if we did, who or what would it be? And I and I thought it was a very interesting question. Because especially in today's times, you have to be very, very careful with who you, you know, make a bust of <laughs> and, and put out there. That's why and we so, put that question out there yeah. was, who would you want to see? And so, I, and I was inter- interested by, by, by some of the, the comments, too. I think Cliff Godwin was one. Uh, you know, Keith LeClaire was, was another one. And so I was kind of interested to see what you thought of that question and who would you like to see as a, as a statue outside of ECU? So, I mean, this, this kind of goes back to when we were doing the ECU Mount Rushmore several weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in a, in a different sense, um, from a baseball, from a baseball, <laughs> Boston, <laughs> my, my, uh, Yankee heritage, uh, from my dad's side, that Irish coming out, came out. Um, but, from from a baseball standpoint, um, <laughs> I would probably have to say, yeah, I mean Keith LeClaire, um you, you look at like somebody like Coach O, Coach Overton, um, talking about them. Um, you have Cliff Godwin, of course. Mm-hmm. Some of these other guys. I mean, it'd be cool to see somebody like Chad Tracy okay. out there, um, ninth overall pick back in I want to say two thousand three. Mm-hmm. So I mean. Guy had a long-standing MLB career. Um, it, it would be nice to see some of them. Um, and then once again, basketball. We could get a if we could get a pic or statue of Akeem Richmond, friend of the podcast, friend of the podcast, uh, yes, sir. Hitting that buzzer beater, that'd be pretty cool, right? Um, who who wants a podcast or who wants a statue of Jeff Levo outside Minchie's Coliseum? <laughs> How about that for? Put that in your pipeline and smoke it, guys. Uh, no, but for real. Um, trying to think, Blue Edwards. Um, and then football, you got you got to go, Coach Pat Dye. 
RIP. Um, we didn't mention it last. Absolutely, and and he doesn't get enough credit for building the the football program up to what it what, yeah. what it is. And I, I after we put after we published our podcast last week, I wanted to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the passing of Pat Dye. Absolute legend. Um, legendary coach at ECU Auburn. Um, really kind of built the mold, built the ideal. Um, college football team at ECU that yeah. that hard nosed football team, but also with with skill and and speed. And everybody knows that he became a legend at Auburn, but he got his footing at East Carolina. That, that's like Lincoln Riley. I mean, yeah, yeah. Lincoln Riley is. I'm not gonna say he's a modern day Pat Dye, but I mean that it's the same same kind of. Trajectory. We know where Lincoln Riley got his footing. It was at East Carolina. So um, to to everybody that. His friends and family and knew um, the legendary coach, Pat Dye. Um, just know that the Boneyard Podcast, our thoughts and prayers go out to you, all of ECU, all of Pirate Nation, um, that was affected by the loss of, of Coach Dye. Um, our, our thoughts go out to y'all. But, yeah, he, I mean, a legend in his own right. I mm-hmm. mean, guy, the guy really just made an impact on ECU football. I would say him. I would like to see also a statue of Robert Jones. Yep, I was hoping you'd say that. Robert Jones would be cool. Um, Robert, I saw that you retweeted our tweet the other day. If you're ever interested in coming on the podcast, by all means. Would absolutely love you to have love to have you on the podcast. Yeah, come on, man. We we'd love to have you. Um, maybe do a maybe do a joint podcast with Robert and Zay. I mean that that man. That's an idea. That would be absolutely incredible. We'll, we'll have our people reach out to your people, okay? And I, I mean, and and honestly, staying on the topic of statues, I really wouldn't mind seeing down the, down the road a Ruffin McNeil statue. Yeah, yeah. Um, Played at ECU, graduated from ECU, coached ECU. Yeah, um, I I I could see that. Um, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna probably be more known for his time coaching at ECU, mm-hmm. most definitely. But. Um, I could see, I could see that. But he's a pirate through he, and through. Yeah, he, he is a true pirate. Um, we once again another person we'd love to have on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Coach Ruff, uh, maybe maybe we'll even come out on your boat. We'll come out on your boat and do a podcast. <laughs> How's that sound? Um, but yeah, that's that's um, probably who I would who I would have. Mm-hmm. And then I've I've seen a lot of like Leo Jenkins. Uh, that that would be a really cool one to have somewhere on main campus, right? Um, and then we're friends with at the EC mascot on Twitter. I'd look, I'd like to see them put a a statue of Petey the pirate, it's just three or four of them across campus. Um, <laughs> just 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 as many PDs as we can get across yeah, just, campus. <laughs> like you're walking into class, there's one walking in front of you. Like, <laughs> just these PDs on I don't know on segways or something walking around. <laughs> Um, but no, that's, that's, uh, that's who I would have. You got anybody that nah, I didn't you know, uh, football wise, I agree. Robert Jones, uh, rough, uh, baseball to me, there's only one and that's, that's Cliff Godwin. I, you know, and that's not going to be, you know, I'm, recent or, or now that's going to be somewhere 15, 20 years down the, down the line. But I, I think the legacy and, and the culture that he's building and when it's all said and done, I think he's going to be the greatest thing that ever happened to ECU baseball. So I, I, I think that's a clear winner. Um, but outside of that, I, I I agree with you. I don't I don't have anything else to add as far as the statues go. And like I said, you got to be careful when you you know are making a statue of somebody, especially in today's age. So, but yeah, somebody uh find find it in the very minimal amount of budget that we apparently have in <laughs> ECU athletics, and put up a statue of Jeff Lebo. I think I think we'll pass on that. <laughs> I think I think we'll pass on the uh, on the Tar Hill. I'm sorry, Tar Hole alumni. Hey, another former Auburn coach. Um, but, Artie, I think with that, um, how about you and I um, kind of change it up. Let's let's go to our interview with some of those members from the ECU Swim and Dive community. Um, we've got Dan Schumann, Lindsey Takunin, Kate Gordon, Ryan Brennan, and Randy Palandro um, joining us this week on the podcast. Um I, th- I think it was really interesting to hear their perspective, hear how everything kind of went down 
um, see kind of what headway they've made mm-hmm. in reinstating ECU swim and dive. Um, why, why don't we head over to that pot over to that interview, and then we'll we'll uh, see what they have to say. Let's get to it. All right. So without further further ado, here is ECU swim and dive. We're pleased to be joined by three former ECU Swim and Dive Pirates. Those are Dan Schumann, Lindsey Takunin, and Kate Gordon. And also joining us today on the Boneyard Podcast are two current swimmers, Ryan Brennan and Randy Palandro. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, good. good. <laughs> we got we got a little bit of a round table today, so th- this is gonna be fun. This is something we haven't done ever before. We've We've always only had one person on the other line, so um, some we're excited about. Um, so just wanted to kind of jump right in. How are y'all? Like, I mean, I know it's been kind of a weird time for everybody in the world, but especially for those of you that are members of the ECU community, but also members of the ECU Swim and Dive team. So Ryan and Randy, uh, this, this question kind of goes out to y'all. What What has this last month been like for you, for the two of you? You can go, me. Okay. Uh, it's kind of been unreal. Um, I never thought it would happen. Kind of crazy to think about um, that apparently my time at ECU Swim and Dive is already over. And it's kind of sad to think about it that way. But um, it seems like it's gone fast, but it's unreality. It's been pretty slow. So I'm trying to do my best here. And Randy? Yeah, it's starting to get a little not easier but it's just like setting in because at first I didn't really like it was happening and now I it's I'm realizing that we're not going back and we're not going to be together in the fall so it's starting I would say just to set in more every day what's up guys this is already here um you know you guys are one of the more successful and consistent programs in the history of ECU sports period so my, my first question would be, what do you guys specifically think or, or truly believe in your heart led to ECU's decision to cut such a good program? I'll take that one. Um, I, I think it was, um, I think a lot of factors came together to drive them to that point. Obviously, there are the financial issues that are that are facing the, the, the university and, and the athletic division in particular. Um, so I, I think the the existential threat, for lack of a better term, uh, of those realities uh, pushed them into a decision that, that probably felt like it was the right thing at the time. Um, and and hopefully they're taking the opportunity to, to, to do a little bit more analysis uh, in, in the ensuing weeks and uh, and see that there's there are other avenues that, that could be considered. But I think, I mean, for lack of a better term, uh, desperation, really, knowing that they've got a, a number that, that needs to be resolved to the resources that are available. Uh, and this seemed like an easy way to get there. But but I, I think that in the cold light of reality, um, it's not that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we all know that there was, there needs to be some kind of change institutionally at ECU, um, especially when it comes to financials. But um, it, it's always tough to see one of your programs cut, um, especially when it, when it wasn't anybody on that, of that program's fault, any of the alumni, any of the student athletes, any of the coaches, it, it was nobody like involved with the actual program's fault. So um, I'll open this question up to some of the alumni. When you saw, or when you got the news that this was happening, what, what was your thoughts being that you've been involved with the program for several years now? Um, I, for me, it was, it was kind of surreal and really unbelievable. Um, and then it was kind of, is this really, is this true? And then obviously as you watch the press conferences, it sat in that, yeah, this really just happened. Uh, and then, you know, digging more into it, it kind of seemed to catch everybody off guard. Uh, not just alumni, <laughs> Yeah, so, definitely. you know, I mean, you're, you're possibly looking at alumni, board of trustee members. I mean, People were really like, had no idea that when financial decisions were being made, that a championship-winning program that's been around for over 66 years has been winning since the 1950s. That that's the program that was going to be chosen to be cut. And I think it's especially shocking when 
um, when you start digging deeper and you see that most of the members of the team are, are self-paying, they're actually bringing revenue into the school. So, you know, I, you always look at non-revenue sports as on the chopping block for, for various reasons, but with ECU swim team, most of those kids are paying their own way. So I think it was just shocking all around. I mean, I, I don't know how it was for, for Dan and Kate, but I know for me it was just shocking and really does, didn't make sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, I, I see that you guys have uh, you know, started the petition. We've got over 16,000 uh, signees already. Um, you started to raise money, I think, for, for a little over $200,000 raised uh, to bring the program back. Uh, but I was looking online that you, know, you guys have a goal of $1.5 million. Um, is that realistically the goal to, or, or the amount that you guys think you would need to come back or is it sky's the limit? Just how, how many, how much we can get, you know, doesn't really matter. We're just trying to, you know, get back into good graces with Easter Island. Mm-hmm. So what would you guys say is, is, is the number? Um, well, we've put 1.5 million out because we actually have tried and no one has been willing to give us what that number is, which again is another mystery to us. If we've got a group of alumni, um, you know, over 300 strong who are ready to try and do what we need to do to financially make this feasible, but we can't actually get a number, which is a little bit frustrating. So mm-hmm. kind of just looked at the cost of the teams. Um, and we started with the 1.5 over five years um, and that that would be enough to fund you know, fund the team expenditures uh, for that amount of time. We are hoping that that number, if raised, is enough. We are not, if we go above and beyond that, that's even better. But um, we kind of had to look at the budget, think what was needed to cover costs, and that's kind of where we came up with that 1.5 million. Yeah, and, Dan, and you have we're at, at over a half million now. Um, so, right. um, you know, we're, we're on a, a good path to getting there. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, one thing to look at, too, is there's there's a lot of things that could have been done with the ECU swimming budget that, that um, you know, we, we didn't get a chance to do. So, you know, that budget, um, the proposed budget that's been in, in articles and, and um, talked about on press conferences, you know, that number could be quite a bit lower than what than what's publicized, um, you know, in the in the articles and everything that, that kind of went out there on that day. Yeah. So, and, and, to, and to tag onto that a little bit, Kate, it, it seems a little bit like the decision, you know, the, in, in terms of, yeah, there's that number we're trying to hit for fundraising, but it also, it aligns with the reality that we, we feel like there were some, some bad numbers and some bad information passed along to leadership at some point. Cause you heard John Gilbert say in, in his press conference um, uh, when the, when the cuts were announced that, the investments needed into the pool were something they couldn't get past when the reality is that that pool needs nothing. That pool was renovated in 2013, um, complete new filtration system, new lighting, new, new, uh, new sound. Um, and so there's no capital investment required in that pool. It's just, it's just basic maintenance. So, so it, it seems like at some point there was, there was some, some bad data passed along uh, that the administration relied upon. Um, and that's, that's why we're really hoping to have a conversation with leadership, with with uh, inter- the interim chancellor, with the AD, um, because we feel like we, if we had a chance to talk through this, we could find a happy medium that sustains the program uh, while also helping to alleviate the financial realities the university is grappling with. Yeah, that, and that that's understandable. Uh, and I, I wanted to kind of I wanted to ask y'all. So by the by the sound of the way that the three of you just spoke, it sounds like you haven't had any contact whatsoever with any of the leaders within the university. Is, is that true? We have, we've emailed a ton. Uh, we've, uh, we've left probably hundreds of phone calls now at this point. Uh, and we have gotten some, some copy paste email responses from, from the chancellor, from the athletic director and from the chair of the board of trustees. Um, and some of, uh, some of those who have called have had direct conversations with some, with some members of the board of trustees, um, so I wouldn't say we've had no contact, but I, but I would say that from the, the the formal administration standpoint, we haven't had a conversation. It's just been those initial responses, and then nothing since then. No no real uh, two way conversation. Just you know, sorry this happened, or sorry we had to do this, and we're not going to revisit it. So there we've been a little bit stonewalled at this wow. point from from that standpoint. Yeah, that that's 
that's unacceptable, um, really. But Randy and Ryan, I, I wanted to ask both of you. So um, you come into ECU and you're, you're spending time here and you're you're enjoying Greenville. Um, have you actually been in contact, kind of going off the same question that we just asked the alumni, has anybody been in contact with you all throughout this process? Um, no, I would say we had that meeting with uh, Mr. Gilbert and the other, uh, the tennis team, and that was the last we've heard from him. Um, no personal phone calls, nothing like that, but that was the last time we heard from anybody from the administration. Oh, wow. Yeah, we didn't get emails or anything. I thought maybe we would have, but they didn't. And so even if, if you were to decide to transfer out of ECU, which which you have the opportunity to do. Um, has anybody been in contact with you discussing about how that process looks and what your options are? Has anybody been talking to you about that? We've heard a little bit. Um, we do know we're gonna keep, we would be able to keep scholarships if we had it, if we stayed, and we would be able to swim right away if we did transfer. So that's pretty much all the information they've given us. Um, also, just keep them updated. They're, I'm sure they'd be happy to help, but and other than that, they haven't really supplied much information. And Randy, same same goes for you. Yeah, I think um, at the end of like right after um, the AD um, in the meeting that we had, like announced that we were cut. They started mentioning things about like transferring and what to do next. But honestly, like I wasn't really listening at that point. I just was still <laughs> in so. But we've gotten a little bit of help about. Um, getting on the transfer portal and stuff, but yeah. Okay, and then um, so with with both of you um, in the in this situation, is this is that something you're looking at doing? Is is transferring out of ECU if if no headway is made at at ECU with the swim and dive team? So I am currently in the transfer portal, and I've been talking to schools, but it's really hard to imagine myself in another team's colors swimming for another program other than this one. So it's really a tough decision that I have to make. Same for me. Um, I've been talking to other schools just because at this point I'm just I need to decide if I want to swim or stay at ECU, which are both like such a big part of my life now. But I can't really imagine myself swimming somewhere else. And I'm just trying to stay hopeful and see if we can get anything out of someone that can help us. Yeah, and that that that's really tough to hear because, I mean, there's so many ECU students and so many ECU alumni that, I mean, we're all, we're all pirates, whether you're an athlete, whether you're not an athlete, whether you're an alumni student, just a fan, we're all pirates. And to have to make that decision whether you want to keep your dream alive and then or if you want to stay a, a part of that ECU community, I mean, especially as a student, I mean, that, that's got to be hard. I, I would never want to have to make that decision. And I, I feel so badly um, for you, Randy and Ryan, that you're having to deal with this. And for the alumni, um, what, what is something that an, other alumni or other ECU students, what, what's something that they can do to help y'all achieve your goal or maybe help you um, hopefully one day you get ECU Swim and Dive reinstated? I mean, the support we've seen from the alumni is it blew my mind. And like you guys continue to do things like I couldn't have even imagined. So that is great to see out of all of this. And I think if everyone from the ECU community just continues to share our story and get the word out there. I think that'll definitely help. A hundred percent. The, uh, the alumni have been amazing. I've never met any of them. Then meeting all of them is like probably the best thing that had to come out of this. They're great people. They're funny. And it just shows that this is more than just a team. It's a family. Yeah. And then that, that was something that I, I recognized when I was kind of, fo- I've been following your story, um, for the, for the last month or so since, since everything has kind of gone on. Um, and, that, that was the one thing that I noticed was how tight-knit the ECU swimming community was, but not just ECU, but across the nation with all these other schools. I saw, like, Arizona – I want to say it was Arizona State or Arizona University um, showing their support, some of the other universities. Um, 
who, who's had a role in talking with them or um, kind of garnering that support from them? Um, so it's, you know, really the swimming community is, while it's very big, it's also small at the same time. Um, we've had so many, um, coaches and, um, other athletes reach out to, to us and our kids. And, um, you know, some of those, uh, some of those pictures that I'm sure you saw, you know, we, we got those unprompted, um, you know, they, uh, you know, typically when this happens, I mean, I know when, when other programs have been cut, ECU has done the same thing where the whole team would get together and take a picture with a save, whatever team it was at the time. Um, so it's something that, you know, I think for our sport, it's just, um, you know, it hits everybody really hard because, you know, a, a team like ECU has been so successful. And, you know, for the teams like us around the, around the country that, you know, are also at, um, you know, schools like ECU, I think it, it scares them that they could be next. Um, so I think, I think it really just hits the whole community very hard because it doesn't, unfortunately, it doesn't matter how successful you are. Um, no one's, no one's safe. Yeah. And that, Dan, did you have something? Uh, yeah, just, just really to echo what, what Kate said. And, and I think it also, it underlines the impact of the program, not just on you know the students who are there now and the alumni who directly participated. You know, we heard from you know in, in other conversations we've had, you know, that people almost unaffiliated were, were were completely shocked that this decision was made because of the the really national reputation for for the program. People just couldn't believe that the school would choose this particular uh, program. Um, and it, you look at. Even even the legacy of some of our alumni, uh, both on the uh, on the competitive side and some of the coaches who've gone on to other programs. You know, we have one of our one of our former coaches is is uh, a coach in South Carolina who who was uh, absolutely beside himself at the fact that they made this decision, and his and he's been helping advocate for our cause. Uh, we've had uh, some some participation and, and uh, advice uh, given to us by one of our great rivals who used to swim at UNCW, who helped uh, bring their program back and and. and that at one point was a really vicious rivalry between ECU and UNCW swimming. Um, and now he's helping, uh, trying to help us save the program. So it, it really shows how strongly people feel about this, uh, this team uh, and, and this program, uh, that, that it's not just us who feels like it should be saved, but, but people really all over the country and, and to an extent around the world. Yeah. And that, that kind of, once, once y'all were talking about um, like ECU or UNCW, swim and dive being brought back um that, that kind of led me into thinking about some of the other programs we've seen cut across the country um for instance bowling green their baseball team was cut but has now since been reinstated um first i have kind of like a two-part question first part would be does that give you hope any more hope than anything else um that ecu can be reinstated and second part have you reached out to them and kind of seen what their process was like or um, gotten any more information from them on how they how they were able to do that? Um, so one of the big factors, again, in that, I think, with Bowling Green was I think they managed to raise $1.5 or $2 million for the program. And um, that seemed to be <laughs> the deciding factor. And I think in that case, it seems like you also had – a willingness on behalf of the decision makers to try and save it. And so I think what we're kind of struggling with now is do our administrators who, you know, can make this decision, are they even willing to save it? And the problem is, again, is we can't actually get that information. <laughs> so, you know, we're raising the funds we can. We do think a little bit money talks. Um, and, you know, hopefully if we can raise enough, for a school who's in a financial, financially bad place, if we can raise enough money, surely it would make financial sense to bring back the team who's ready to support themselves. And they're actually bringing to a lot of money, close to a million dollars in tuitions and fees per year to the school. So, I mean, there's a lot of bonuses of, of bringing this team back. Not only do you have a strong alumni, but the team itself brings a lot of money just through self-paint. So, you know, we're just asking someone to, you know, give us that number. Okay. Anybody else have any input on 
on how they feel seeing other teams being reinstated across the across the country? Um, it's definitely encouraging. Um, you know, when you see another team come back, it's you know why can't we be another team that comes back? So I think I think seeing that is is definitely encouraging and um, and it's motivating to to get going and and do everything we can to to make us another successful has given you guys a little bit of a forum coming on here today to express why the program should be reinstated, why you guys are doing what you're doing. Um, you know, I, I just hope we have, you know, kind of given you guys a little bit of a forum to kind of express the way you guys want to feel. So if there's anything else you guys wanted to say, I'd you know, love for you guys to, to say that now. The floor is open. Absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, so um, I, I would just reiterate that, that, Really, attention and mind share is, is the biggest thing right now. So, you asked earlier if there's one thing that somebody could, that anybody can do to help us, and it would be you know join us in making those emails, uh, uh, sending those emails, making those phone calls. If you go to swim uh, savecuswimdive.org, um, it has some easy guidance on on how people can participate either by making those calls, making a pledge to support us, or or signing the petition, or or really just helping voice their support for the program. Uh, and it's those voices, uh, in addition to that, those financial pledges that that mean as much as, as anything else to us right now, because we're we're really just trying to to get to a point where we can have that conversation with with leadership. Because when you, when you look at what this program has done for, for the university, for the greater uh, Greenville community, you know, over 500 hours per year of, of volunteer um, activities uh, with things like the Special Olympics, you've got students who come in and they leave and become teachers and, and healthcare providers uh, or small business owners in the state of North Carolina where they came in from other states. You know, there, there are a lot of ways that having this program uh, not is, is so much more than, than a budget line uh, on an athletic department spreadsheet. Um, and we just want people to see that, understand that story and help us make that story prominent to the leadership. Cause we, we think that once they see that, once they, once they see the full context uh, of the decision, they'll be just as, as passionate about, as we are about, about, about making it right and, and bringing the team back. Yeah, definitely. And um, we, we just want to voice our support one more time um, from from the two of us here at the Boneyard Podcast, anything that we can do, y'all let us know. We're, we're here for for all of you um, and for all of those um, members of the ECU Swim and Dive community. But um, we, we are all, like I said earlier, we're all ECU Pirates um, through and through. So we, we, we stick together. Um, and I, I hate the situation that y'all have been put into, all of you, the alumni and the students um, combined. But I just wanted to let y'all know that anything that y'all need, um, y'all y'all feel free to reach out to us, and we'll do our best to to get it out there. Okay. Thank so, you. Thank you. No problem, y'all. Once again, just want to uh, give a huge shout out and thank you to Dan, Lindsay, Kate, Ryan, and Randy. Uh, thank you guys for being a voice for your program. Thank you for carrying on and not giving up. And, and, and you know, in the face of adversity, you guys are, are, are true foot soldiers and doing everything you can to bring back a program that has brought so much success um, to ECU. And so, you know, the interview went, went well, and I hope we were able to give you guys a forum to express what it was that you guys wanted to express. And, Jared, you know, how did you feel about the interview? Yeah, like, I mean, like I was saying earlier, I think that um – I think that it was good to see the personal aspect of it, how um, how it's affecting these people. For at least from my from my standpoint, it was nice to see. Okay, uh, and nice isn't really the right word. It's I'm trying to, I'm trying to put it into words. Um, it was tough, but it was also. It, it was also, you could feel, you could really feel the emotion in every word, in every glance when we were talking to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we have the benefit of seeing them in, um, in video right? And, and being able to talk to them and see their faces and actually have this discussion with them. Um, something that a lot of Pirate Nation doesn't get to, get to have. Um, so in, in that sense, we are... We, we see more, we feel more. Um, 
honestly. I mean, that's that's what I've got to say. I mean, that that's what I felt. Though halfway through, I don't know if I don't know if you could tell. Like, there was just a second about halfway through the interview where I was like, man. That hits. That hits. Yeah, you really just feel just hit me for what they're going through, and 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 something you said in the yep. interview: we're all pirates here, and you know they can't do this on their own. As as pirate alumni, you know it's up to us to help them, and and to you know yep. do, facilitate and, and, and do anything we can to help reinstate this program. Because it, you know if we're being honest, it really is an excellent program, and and to have it ripped away that it was, and the fact that the school is not even you know returning any of their calls or any of their emails or creating any kind of dialogue for them. Um, it's, it's really disheartening. And so, yeah, um, that, that, that part really kind of irked me, mm-hmm. um, that there wasn't any constant dialogue. I know that this has been a movement that they've been working on for the past several weeks. Um, but, but there's really been no movement from the university side mm-hmm. and, it's causing the athletes, it's causing the coaches, it's causing the alumni to have to um, to have to really focus and try to almost waste energy. And I, none of this energy is wasted. I don't want anybody that's working towards this goal to think that any of their energy is wasted. But the way that some of the the way that it's happening, the way that things are occurring. It sounds like they're not being given the full opportunity to to succeed in reinstating their their program. And the, and the last thing I'll say about it, and it's something that really stuck out to me, is something that Ryan said. Um, you know, he's going through. You know, he just he just had all this ripped away from him, and and even then, through all this adversity, he said, "I I can't see myself playing for another for another program. I can't see myself outside of the ECU program." I want to be a pirate, and that that really stood out to me. That that's about the moment where I was like, "Damn!" Like that hit me. Yeah, like that. That's when it really hit. It's like, okay, he has the all the opportunities in the world to continue his career somewhere else, but he doesn't want to. He wants to do it at ECU, and that's what really hit me and stuck out to me. And so I wanted to make sure I put in that little caveat there. But that's the last thing I'll say about it. Yeah, and I, I really, I, I really want to say like kudos to all all of the people that joined us. Um, for, for standing up for your program, for fighting for your program, but also um, really just wanted to give a major shout-out to Randy and Ryan, um, both current ECU Pirates, mm-hmm. both in a state of limbo that neither of them had any, like, fault in. Um, so I wanted to give you all a shout-out for standing up and being able to um, – to have the courage to come on to a podcast and talk to several hundred people that will listen to this podcast this week and hopefully more. Um, so kudos to y'all for, for having that and saying, you know what, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to talk to these people mm. because this is what I, this is my like livelihood. This is what I want. This is what I'm fighting for. So shout out to y'all for doing that. Shout out to Kate, um, Kate Gordon, ECU um, assistant coach for the swimming team. Just wanted to give her a shout out. She's the one that kind of helped arrange everything that we did today. So um, shout out to you, Kate. Thank you for that. And once again, shout out to Dan and to Lindsay. Had a great time talking to y'all, learning about um, what y'all were doing to hopefully get ECU swim and dive reinstated. And make sure to be following along on our social media channels. We'll be um, tweeting out some different links on how you can get involved and help save ECU swim and dive. But Jared. Yep. Switching gears a little bit. Okay. Today, this Sunday today. That's me shifting. (laughs) We have the final round of the Charles Schwab Invitational. Hell yeah. And there is a man by the name of Harold Varner III. HV3, baby. Who is competing and fighting to win this Open Championship. If you don't know, which I did not know up until a few days ago, this man is a proud alumni of East Carolina University. I am honestly ashamed that I did not know that, but I do know now. Guys, he is a pirate, and we are rooting for this man. We are going to revoke Artie's (laughs) ECU 
one card. I don't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm sorry, guys. I dropped the ball on that. Yeah. Uh, so, HV3, um, awesome dude. He's been talking a lot about um, everything going on in the world over the past couple weeks. Been very vocal. Been yeah. a very vocal member, especially from a predominantly white sport. Mm-hmm. Um, dude's got dude's dripping with swagger, man. He really is. Rocking Jordan brand. Always rocking Jordan polos, Jordan like, hats. Got his got his fucking J's out on the course. Like, <laughs> already, if if you played half as good as he looked, you might be a decent golfer. <laughs> <laughs> This is true. I, I I can't I can't deny that. And he's and he's five nine, and he's one of the long drivers on you know in in the field. I mean, he crushed one early for what three twenty. Yeah, it was some it was something like that. Yeah. So the fourth round of the Charles Schwab uh, Invitational is going on right now. Uh, we're recording on Sunday. I'm I know that he was tied for six last time I saw. That was probably about twenty minutes ago at around two fifty. Um, he was tied at six at twelve under for the tournament. Um, he's got some ground to make up, guys. Yeah. Um, the the leaders are packed in there tight, so if he he really needs to play that back nine strong and get get through um, through that back nine really well, um, he's got he's got to almost play it like he did those, that first day. Um, no no slip ups at all. Yeah. For him for him to get out and hopefully make a run at this at this uh, tournament win. So, yeah, shout out to HV3. We'd love to have you on the podcast Absolutely if you're listening. Absolutely, would love to have him on. Uh, yeah. that, I mean, I've been, I've, been, and I've been trying, man. Raised in Gastonia, so, you know, he's, he's a Carolina boy through and through. Oh, yeah, he, so. he's a huge uh, – the only thing that I'll, I'll, I won't hold it against him, he's a huge Panthers fan. So well, I mean, look, if, if you're born and raised in, in North Carolina, then – actually, he was born in Akron, Ohio, but raised here in, in, in North Carolina. You can have every right to be a Panthers fan. So, But, yeah, I, I, love, I love how they've been talking about him, talking about ECU um, throughout this tournament. It's been, it's been great to see that, that publicity. Um, but I've been following Harold Varner III for several years. Already, there's, there's an awesome video that if you haven't – seen it yet there's a video of him doing a post-round interview mm-hmm. and he's got a he's got a um club head that looks it's made to look like him <laughs> so it's <laughs> like a cool. puppet he's got a, like a puppet and so every once in a while he'll do an interview but he won't do the interview the, the puppet, puppet does will do the interview, the interview. <laughs> so I, I definitely say like if you haven't seen that video um i suggest watching it i'll i'll try to tweet it out from our from the boneyard podcast Twitter account later. Um, that way we can we can get that get that rolling. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and he had much watch. Had an excellent career at East Carolina. Um, back when we were in the conference, you would say he was the first player in school history to be conference USA Player of the Year. Uh, so this guy's been golfing for a long time. He's been good for a long time, and every single pirate out there should be rooting for this guy and hoping the best for him. So Harold Varner the third, shout out to you. Would love to have you on. I have an update, a live update from the uh, Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Golf Course. Um, Harold Varner III is currently tied for fifth at 12 under. Um, he's two off the lead, so he's, he's got two shots to make up, and the people ahead of him are um, they, they, they're only through four holes today. He's through six holes at, the, at this point. So we'll, we'll be checking in again, hopefully, um, a, as we record. And then hopefully, Harold Varner will get us a big dub and bring it back to Greenville. Absolutely. All right. Um, Artie, last thing that I really wanted to talk about, we had another huge recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, look, Judging by the looks of it, he's not going to wow you as far as stars go. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again on the podcast. Stars aren't the end-all, be-all of everything recruiting, mm-hmm. especially at ECU. It's all about heart. Um, this guy, Cruz Temple, man, he looks like he's got heart and some more to give, man. Like, this guy looks like he's ready to run through a brick wall. I mean, looking at looking at some of his highlight videos, the dude's just dripping swag. Like, he's, 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 got, it, he's got it going for him, and he's a hybrid. You know, he's an outside linebacker with the speed to play safety. So, you know, I don't know too, too much about the, about the kid, but – um, I know that you know he looks like a stud, and I'm excited to have him into the program. 
Yeah, so uh, if if you had to look at, like, looking at this guy's eye black, if you had to line up across from this guy. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want to do it. You wouldn't want to do it? I wouldn't want to do it. 5'11", I mean, that's, 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 that's a, that's a, that's a stocky that's boy. That's a stocky boy. <laughs> like, he's yoked. Yeah. And he'll hit you in the mouth. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's the type of boys that we want coming into, into Greenville and joining ECU. Um, he's from Abbeville, South Carolina, class of 2021. He had some, uh, some other interesting offers, offers from Air Force, Army, Coastal Carolina, Gardner-Webb, Georgia Southern, Georgia State. Navy in the Citadel, so a lot of those, a lot of those military institutions. Which, um, to be honest, it's it's hard to recruit as one of those schools. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid has to be ready to go to the military, right? <laughs> um, so, I mean, it it might. I'm hoping this will be one of those recruits that ends up as a diamond in the rough for ECU for Coach Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've had so many of those in the past, and and and, and to be honest, we just need a win on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. We just need a win, and so that we definitely, you know, anybody that we recruit uh, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, we obviously want them to be successful because we all know our defense has not been that great over the last couple of years. So defensively, we just need a win. So I'm, I'm hoping and wishing the best for this kid. Yeah, and that's uh, two recruits that have committed to ECU in the last two weeks. Um, both of them, neither of them have uh, any stars on on their recruiting profile, but I, I think I think they're both. Uh, Going to be high impact players at ECU. Uh, you got Javante Sherman who can't, comes out of Valdosta, Georgia. So um, yeah, some some big name recruits that hopefully will uh, see their time and come into ECU, and we'll we'll see them playing in the purple and gold in, in a few years um, with the class of twenty twenty one. But I, I think I think Coach Houston knows what he's doing. He he's in the recruiting trail hard, especially during these hard times. It's it's hard to get some of these guys to commit without without doing an official visit. Um, what's what's your take, Artie? Would you would you commit to a university if you weren't able to take like an actual on campus visit? Me personally, no, because I, I I just know as a student I had to see ECU before I was like, okay, this is this is my school, you know. And I, and I feel like it's it's the same as an athlete, you know. They want to see the facilities, they want to see not just the head coach. You know, the head coach always, you know, if you're a big time recruit, they come to the house and they you know wine and dine you and they get to know your parents. But it's not just the head coach you're going to be spending time with. It's all those coaches, especially your positional coaches. So I want to get to know them. I want to see, like I said, the facilities. I want to see the stadium. I want to see student life. And if I can't, I want to see the actual campus itself. And if I can't do any of that, I don't know if I'm going to really commit myself to that school. So me personally, no, I would not commit without actually being able to go to the school and actually experience it for myself. Yeah, I, I don't think I could either. So. Um, I, I think I would have to go and see everything that has to be seen. And if I if I'm a freaking uh, coach, I'm taking my kid somewhere to like somewhere out to eat. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm saying, hey, let's go let's go get some food over at Sup Dogs, and let me show you what a world class because bacon cheese. If I'm being honest like. with you, I chose ECU because it was a beautiful April April day, spring April day. Well, let's be honest, I already chose ECU walking the girls. Wa- absolutely walking walking through the mall, and there's girls sunbathing. On the mall, I looked at my father. I said, "This is it. This is this is where I'm going to school." <laughs> I already looked at Artie Senior, and Artie Senior looked at Artie Junior, and said, "Yeah, this, this is where you're going." <laughs> so it was great. Yeah. So all right, um, Artie, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, just one last thing on ECU swimming and diving. Um, I want to challenge the administration of East Carolina University. Um, at least be in contact with these guys. I think it's absolutely absurd that you can't return an email, you can't return a phone call, you can't at least have some conversation or some dialogue with these with these guys. They're they're working. I mean, they've raised what they said a half a million already. Yep, they've raised over half a million dollars. They've raised over half a million dollars. They are truly serious about reinstating this program. They've had over sixteen thousand signees for a petition. And you can't even return a phone call or an email. Shame on you guys. So I, I, I urge, and I, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We understand the, the decision and what had to be made, but to just shut the door and not even just say no, nah, we're not even going to talk to you. I, I, I can't get behind that. And so my final thoughts is, ECU administration, be in contact with you know with, with these guys from East, you know, ECU swimming and diving, 
and just create a conversation and just at least leave the door cracked, maybe not open, but cracked for them to be able to come back and, and, and reinstate the program. But that's my final thoughts. And that's all I got. Yep. So um, my final thoughts, I would have to say, I did it again. The final thoughts. <laughs> I don't know what it Boston. is. I don't know. And my family's not from Boston. My family's, my dad's side of the family is from Brooklyn and the Bronx. Um, and then my dad's from Long Island. Strong Island. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm born and raised here in the South, baby. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I talk with a drone like nobody else. You're you know? a Lexington boy. I'm a Lexington boy. Down home, Southern bred, man. Uh, but I don't, I don't know what it is with me today. Maybe, I don't know. But um, final thought, Harold Varner. I get a couple. Harold Varner, let's get this money. Um, also, shout out to everybody that came on from Swim and Dive. Mm-hmm. Also, if somebody wants to dog sit two dogs for me, <laughs> hit me up. Um, that's it for this week. Thank you again for joining us on the Boneyard Podcast. It's been a real pleasure. Make sure to follow us on our social media channels at Boneyard Podcast or at the Boneyard Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. Find us there. And I promise this week I will finish. The Boneyard Podcast website. So, Artie, I'm going to work with you. I'm putting mm-hmm. it out there. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to get this thing done, and we'll get it up. That way, next week, we'll start with our blogs. We'll have some new content coming out here soon. Absolutely. Let's get it up. Let's get it going. I promise you to the Boneyard, I want to get this done. So, we're going to get it done. And I'm sorry it's taken so long. I've just honestly been lazy. I'm not going to have a PlayStation at my at my mother-in-law's house. I will have my laptop and maybe some beer. So, all right, that's a final thought. On other news, we're out. Deuce. <laughs>